Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 3. It's probably the most famous passage in the Bible comes out of this chapter. And we're going to look at the narrative leading up to that uh, John 3.16 that everybody knows. Uh, And it's the conversation between Jesus and a guy named Nicodemus. And I'm going to read the first eight verses starting in John chapter 3 verse 1. You can read along on the screen or your own device or Bible. And as I read aloud, you just follow along. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him and said, truly, I say unto you, um, excuse me, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse four, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Today, as we examine this interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus, I want to invite you to see reasons that we have for hope that we can gain or see a glimpse of in this interaction that Nicodemus and Jesus have with each other. And the first reason for hope is found in verse 2, and it says this in verse 2, that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night to ask his question. Anytime the writer John uses the term day or night, oftentimes it has a literal meaning, like it's daytime or nighttime, but it also, anytime he uses it, it's accompanied by a spiritual or metaphorical meaning. So in this passage, um, John, John is writing and describing Nicodemus. He's saying Nicodemus came to him at night. And we can find hope in this because we know that we can come to Jesus. We can approach him at night and ask our questions. It's okay to come at night. And Nicodemus demonstrated that. At night meant that Nicodemus knew he was missing something. He knew there was something there in his heart that was missing compared to what he saw with Jesus' followers and what he saw in Jesus. He even said, you can't do all these things unless God is with you and Whatever you have, I don't have. Nicodemus came to Jesus lacking, admitting that he was searching and needing something. In the 1980s, a group named U2 made that song popular that we heard at the beginning of the service, and it has this lyric in it. I have climbed the highest mountains. I have run through the fields. I have uh, run. I have crawled. I have scaled these city walls, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That lyric represents a a journey that Bono was on, seeking to find Jesus. He did find a relationship with Christ, but this, this was 
the words that he was having at the time that he was seeking Jesus. He, he knew that he was lacking. He hadn't found what he was looking for. Most of the people in the world haven't found what it is they're looking for. The hope that they have is, the, the, excuse me, the place that they've placed hope has failed them. They don't have the confidence in it anymore. Don't we know that these days? People put their hope in all kinds of things. We put our hope in status, job, relationships, a career, a friends, a popularity, our politics, our candidates, our country, our money, our investments, our marriage, our kids. We put our hope in all of these kind of things. And eventually, we find ourselves lacking. Nicodemus came at night. I just have this feeling that he was... He didn't want his friends to know. He's a Pharisee, for goodness sake. He's supposed to have all the answers. He's supposed to know everything. One person said it this way. He was rich. He was highly educated. He was interested in spiritual matters. And he had a solid grasp of the Old Testament Scripture. But he knew that something was missing in his life. And then he comes at night, and he doesn't want people to know. And yes, he's experiencing spiritual darkness. But more than that, he's coming in secret and he wants to ask Jesus questions. Can I tell you, it's okay to come to Jesus at night and ask our questions, no matter if it's spiritual darkness or actual darkness, we can come to Jesus in secret. And, and sometimes even those of us who are already following Jesus need to be reminded life is difficult and challenging. And in the midst of those challenges and difficulties, sometimes it feels like, like we can't hear from God and he's not listening to us. And it's okay to know that you can come to Jesus at any moment in the dark and say, I need your help. I don't understand. I need you to help me with whatever my next step is and whatever it is I'm supposed to do. And Jesus doesn't turn us away or turn his back to us. And he doesn't say, you're such a terrible student. Why can't you learn quick, more quickly? And why can't you get this right? That's not his posture at all. He didn't do that to Nicodemus and he doesn't do that to us. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, whatever your next step, Jesus' posture towards you is one of invitation to say, come and take your next step towards me. Nicodemus found a welcoming place. But, but I think it's important to know that Nicodemus knew he was lacking. He acknowledged, man, I've, I'm a Pharisee and all of that, but I don't have what you have. And it was that, that understanding that he lacked and that he was in need that actually helped him find what he wanted. Knowing that you lack can be the gateway for finding what you need. And too often we try to, we try to act like we've got it all together. Pretend like we've got it all together. I don't need answers. I understand everything. I know what it means to follow Jesus or even I know how to navigate this difficult time of life. And, if Nicodemus had come to Jesus saying, I've got it all together, he would have never found what it was that he found. Sometimes understanding that we lack is the gateway to finding what we need. We too often do the opposite. At least I do. Try to act like I have all the answers. I've got it together. We don't, we don't acknowledge that we're in need and we lack. We forget Jesus came to feed the hungry. He came to fill the empty. We've got to be hungry empty. had a friend recently that went to a restaurant, one of these fast casual places, you know, where you go up and you order and you kind of add things to it as you go and check out at the other end. And, and when he was walking up to the counter, 
the young lady behind the counter, the guy's about my age, and the young lady behind the counter noticed that he had forgotten his mask. And he, I'm not making any statement on all of that. I'm just telling the story, okay? But he says, I, I didn't have my mask. And she, she says, you, we need to have a mask. I can't serve you unless you have a mask. He said, well, I don't have a mask. And I'm already here. Just serve me. I'll be done in a second. He said, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not allowed to serve you unless you have a mask. Maybe you should go back to the car and get one. He said, I don't have one in the car. But he said, do you have one here? And she said, no, I don't have one. You, you, I don't have one, but you have to have a mask on or I can't serve you. And said, well, I don't have a mask. And she said, well, just pull up your shirt. And he reaches down here and pulls up his shirt. <laughs> to which she goes, no, 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 no. I meant like this, pull up the edge of your shirt. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, when we're not willing to admit that we lack, it's like we're foolish with ourselves and we're pulling up our shirt to try to fake something out, right? And we don't need to be that way. We can, we can come to Jesus just the way we are and we can approach him at night and we can ask him any question we need to ask him. And he's not going to reject us. And he's not going to humiliate us. Instead, he's going to welcome us. And he's going to answer our question. And then look with me at verses 4 through 7. This, this continued um, interaction and conversation that Nicodemus has. He starts asking Jesus questions. So, how can I be born again? What, is the, what does that mean? Well, this, this term born again can also be translated born from above. And the point Jesus is trying to make in this entire narrative right here, uh, it's as though Nicodemus is saying, I'm too old for that. I'm too old to be born again. Maybe, maybe it was like him saying, you know, Jesus, like I've been doing this whole Pharisee thing for a long time. I'm an old dog. I can't learn a new trick. So what's this be born again thing? And Jesus is saying, he, he doesn't say you're not old. But he does say, don't marvel. And he, he uses this analogy and he talks about the spirit and the flesh. And I believe the whole narrative Jesus is just trying to explain. If you want to experience what I have for you, Nicodemus, it's not something that you can do on your own. It is something that is spiritual. It's something that is supernatural. It's something from above. It's something out of this world. You can't do it on your own. You know the gospel, the message that Jesus gives to us, it's not, a, it's not like a diet or a self-help program. It's not like something we add to our plate. I'm going to do all of these things and Jesus. No. The gospel is a complete makeover from the inside out. The Bible says we become a new creature. Something happens from within. We are born again, born from above, a spiritual work that happens in us and creates something brand new that we never knew could exist. And and Nicodemus, and the, again, it's as though he's going, saying, and when he starts asking more questions, how can that happen? It's so he's saying, I don't understand, Jesus. I don't understand how somebody old like me can be reborn. Can you really do that for me? Really? Look at me, Jesus. Look at everything that I've, I've tried all of this, and you can do that for me? Jesus says, don't marvel. What, a, what an encouraging word Jesus gives. Don't marvel. Don't be surprised. You haven't seen what I can do with you. That's what he's saying to Nicodemus. You have hope. I can change everything about you, Nicodemus. The things you've hoped in that have left you lacking, 
You can leave those. You don't have to hope in those anymore. I can do something on the inside of you that's completely change you from the inside out. He uses this metaphor of the wind. He says, the wind blows and you don't see it. You see it come from one direction and go to another direction and you enjoy the wind and you don't understand it, but you sure experience it. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, Nicodemus, you don't have to understand it to experience it. You don't have to understand it. When I think of that, what do I not understand that I experience? This is what I think of. I think of a light switch and a light bulb. Now, before I go any further, some of you are going to say, well, wait, I can explain that. I know how it works. That's perfectly okay. I do not know how it works. I don't need you to teach me how it works. That would ruin the whole metaphor anyway. But the reality is, I don't know. I use it every day. So do you. Every day, I flip on a light switch. I don't understand how that circuit, electricity is coming in one side and it somehow loops around and comes out the other side and they can take the wire somewhere else and it does the same thing, but sometimes I, I break the circuit, it turns it off, I turn on the circuit, it works. I don't know how it works. I don't know how all these lights are working and all the electricity is not shocking all of us, but that doesn't mean I can't experience it. I don't have to understand how it works to experience it. I don't understand the wind. Jesus says, you don't understand the wind. You don't have to understand this in order to experience it. In essence, Jesus was saying to Nicodemus, you're not too old. Doesn't matter how old you are. But he's saying more than that. He's saying you're not too anything for what I can do for you. No matter what your history is, no matter what you've hoped in before, no matter how far away you are, no matter how distant, no matter how rebellious, no matter how uh, troublesome, no matter how dirty, no matter how broken, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, we are never to anything for what Jesus can do for us. You're never beyond. Today, I don't know many of you that are watching today, I don't know where you've come from or what your background is or how it is you've gotten to the place of watching this broadcast today and watching us online, but here's what I do know. You're never to anything for what Jesus can do for you. No matter where you come from, language, ethnicity, country, background, color of your skin, anything else, it doesn't matter. We are never to anything. Let me invite you just a second. Look at that for just a second and fill in the blank for yourself. You're never to what? Just think to it yourself. You know what? You can find hope in Jesus no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter how, how you've come to this moment. And sometimes I can tell you it's, this isn't just a one-time hope that comes when we come to faith in Jesus. It's an everyday hope. And believers, many of you that are listening today are followers of Jesus and you're still experiencing challenge and difficulty in life and you're not sure what the next step is or you don't know how to deal with a child who's gone a different way or dealing with an aging parent that's, you're not sure what steps to take or maybe it's a relational issue in your own life, a marriage or otherwise, or maybe it's something at work or just purely financial, or maybe you're just experiencing emotional tr uh, difficulties and challenges right now. I can tell you, you're never to anything for what Jesus can do for you. He met Nicodemus right where he was, and he can meet us as well. Wherever you are, whatever's going on in your world, wherever life has taken you or brought you from, you're never to anything for what Jesus can do for you. And I want to encourage you, take a step towards him. 
And why is it? Why is it that we can say we're never to anything for what Jesus can do for us? It's because of what the truth is in John 3, 16, and 17. The most famous verse in the Bible. I'm going to invite you to say it out loud with me. You probably don't even need to read it, but I'm going to read it and you follow along or say it out loud with me if you want to. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Can I remind you that Jesus came to save, not to condemn? Sometimes we imagine Jesus and we think about him and we, we make the mistake of feeling like he's got an accusatory finger, like saying, you messed up and you shouldn't do this and I'm tired of you and I'm so impatient with you and, and you wear me out and why can't you do better? And that's not Jesus at all. Jesus' posture towards us is like this. And God loved us and sent his son for us. His posture is one of, I invite you to come be in relationship with me. So what, what happened to Nicodemus and, and what changed about Nicodemus? You know what? The, the birth that Jesus predicted and explained to Nicodemus happened to him. He's mentioned a couple other times in the book of John and, and one is in an encounter that some of the Pharisees were having and he comes kind of says, you know, you need to listen to him before you make a judgment about him. It's almost like I, when I read that, I want to, I think Nicodemus is saying, Jesus, tell them what you told me. He wants so bad for them to hear. And then again, in John 19, 39, this is after the crucifixion. John mentions Nicodemus again in verse 39, and here's what it says. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, look at him referencing again that he came by night came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes and about 75 pounds in weight. What happened to Nicodemus? At the point when the apostles, the people closest to Jesus, except for a few, had scattered and were scared. They weren't going to be seen. They might take me and kill me too. All of those are scattered and scared. Not Nicodemus. He's had a rebirth from the inside. Something's happened on the inside with him. And this guy who earlier came to Jesus by night, at this point, it's, he's not needing to hide anymore. For goodness sakes, he's walking around with 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes to anoint the body of Jesus and saying, I'm, I'm with him, the one who died. You can applaud it, that's fine. And he said, that's, that's where I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be with Jesus, come what may, I'm with him. And today, no matter what your situation in life is, you can find the hope in Jesus. You can put yourself in the story. Say, I wanna be like Nicodemus. I wanna come ask Jesus questions at night. Get my questions answered. Maybe it's the initial questions, first steps towards Jesus. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a while and it's time to take a next step. Maybe it's following in baptism or being a part of a small group or maybe it's just managing the challenges of life that you have around you. Come to Jesus. Several years ago, Betsy and I had the opportunity to go on 
a trip with David and Rachel and several of the church members that went with us on a journeys of Paul. We go to the Mediterranean and visit various sites that the Apostle Paul ministered in. It's an amazing trip. Hopefully one day you can join us on one of those. But after we did the trip, Betsy and I took a couple of days to go to Florence, Italy, a city we had read about and heard about a lot and to experience that. It was an amazing uh, time for us. And while we were there, I had the opportunity to go to a museum that's not really well known. It's called the Duomo Museum. It's the church museum there behind the church in the city of Florence. And I wanted to go to that museum because there's a statue there that's done by the uh, Renaissance artist Michelangelo. It's a sculpture that he's done that I wanted to see for myself in person. And today I have just a figurine of that statue. It's a pieta. Pieta is a word that for scenes of Jesus coming off the cross. The most famous pieta that Michelangelo, in fact, it's the most famous pieta of all time, but it's also one done by Michelangelo, is actually housed at St. Peter's Basilica at the Vatican. It's a very famous um, portrayal of Mary and Jesus, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Jesus as he comes off the cross. That sculpture was Michelangelo's first sculpture to be displayed. It was done when he was 24 years old. This one is his last one. It actually was 80% complete when he died. And students of his and others uh, completed the statue after his death. And it's called the Florentine Pieta or the deposition as in depositing the body of Jesus. And pictured here are the two Marys and Nicodemus. Pictured here with the body of Jesus. But there's something unique about this sculpture. It's the only sculpture that Michelangelo did this way, and it's one of two pieces of art that he did this way. And that is that the face of Nicodemus is a self-portrait of Michelangelo. It's himself in the sculpture, at the end of his life, so as to say, come to Jesus at night, and I'm asking the question, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus is saying, you may be old, but you're not too old, because you can have a birth from the inside. And today, no matter who you are, no matter what has brought you to today, I want to invite you find yourself in the story. Place yourself right here and know that you can find hope just like Nicodemus did. Let's pray together. God, I want to pray today for those in our midst who need hope. Maybe it's those taking that very first step towards you or maybe it's someone that's been following you a long time like I have. And there's still the troubles of life and the difficulties of life that sometimes cloud our judgment and block our relationship with you. Whatever the situation, God, I pray. I pray give them the boldness and the faith to step towards you like Nicodemus had. And may they find themselves in this story and know that your posture towards us is not one of a scolding finger pointing at us, but it's one of open arms welcoming us and saying, hey, come ask your questions of me. 
and you will find hope. I'll give you a rebirth that you'll never understand, just like the wind blowing. I pray, God, may people find you today for the very first time. And those of us who know you, may we be encouraged to put our hope even more strongly than ever before in you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.